Welcome to your Active's Digital Brief podcast. My name is Samuel Stolton, and each week I aim to bring you some of the most relevant and timely technology stories in the world of EU politics and policy. This week we take a look at what's in store for the future of 5G in the EU, with a particular focus on recent developments in France. For a full breakdown of all the most important stories over the past seven days in this patch, sign up to my free newsletter or take a look at it online at youractive.com. This is Youractive's Digital Brief Podcast. The European Commission will lay out a series of new objectives in the field of 5G communications as part of its Digital Decade plans, following a series of delays to the EU's next-generation telecoms rollout, officials have said this week. The Digital Decade targets for 2030 are set to be unveiled by the Commission on March the 9th, with the aim of reducing the EU's dependence on foreign countries for the provision of key technologies, as well as helping the bloc to achieve its sustainable goals. Given the EU's delays in rolling out 5G networks, next-generation telecommunications are expected to feature prominently in the plans. Speaking at an event held by Forum Europe this week, Peter Stuckman, head of unit at the European Commission in charge of future connectivity systems, had this to say about the digital decade objectives. This is now coming up in the next three weeks, so beginning of March. And um, yeah, we can see it as saying, okay, we get this um, recovery challenge now. Uh, We want to make sure that this investment is forward-looking and brings Europe back uh, in terms of growth and jobs uh, and make it future-proof, think uh, sustainability, think Green Deal. Um, And for that, of course, we also need um, the vision where we want to go. So that's more the the compass or the 2030 targets that we will be uh, looking forward to seeing in, in March. And then the, 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 call it trip to, to go there. That's the digital decade. So the actions that we need to approach and to reach these targets. So 5G will certainly be in there. So you could in principle call it a mini 5G action plan. Mini 5G action plan. Interesting there. Just to remind you that in the EU's 2016 5G action plan, nations committed to a number of targets, including the launch of 5G services in all member states in at least one major city by the end of 2020. The target was effectively missed, and as a result, the Commission has decided to come up with a new approach with regards to their 5G strategy, and a 5G action plan review is tabled for this year. And the challenge here has been the harmonisation of 5G deployment schedules, bearing in mind the fact that next-generation telecommunications has become an intrinsically geopolitical matter after Washington's insistent pressure on the EU against certain Chinese vendors, including ZTE and Huawei. This, alongside delays resulting from the coronavirus, has resulted in a fractured landscape across the EU for 5G rollout schedules. And focusing on one EU member state in particular, it emerged this week that a new Parisian mobile phone charter will be submitted to the Paris City Council at the start of March. It is expected to approve the deployment of 5G across the French capital. The City of Paris and mobile operators Bouc Telecom, Free Mobile, Orange and SFR signed an agreement last week that should pave the way for 5G's commercial launch 
in Paris. The agreement, which will take the form of a new Parisian mobile phone charter, the first version of which dates back all the way to 2003, was born out of 21 recommendations presented to the Paris Council in December by a Metropolitan Citizens' Conference on 5G. But France doesn't appear to be rushing ahead without due consideration of the risks at play. At the beginning of February, the country's highest court ruled that provisions in the law introduced by the government on the security of 5G networks, dubbed the anti-Huawei law, are consistent with the constitution and therefore should be upheld. The French Constitutional Council backed the law's aim of, and I quote, safeguarding the interests of national defence and security and protecting mobile radio networks from the risks of espionage, piracy and sabotage, end quote. And meanwhile, France has also been fertile ground for anti-5G campaigners, who of course last year most prominently had been circulating spurious theories about 5G's connection to the coronavirus. To get a more granular picture of what's going on at the ground level in France at the moment, this week I caught up with our Paris correspondent, Mathieu Pollet. So hello, Mathieu. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Hello. Thanks for the invite. Perhaps we can start then by talking about recent developments, particularly in Paris. And can you tell us a bit more about this idea of a mobile phone charter um, that is going to be submitted to the Paris City Council at the start of March and the implications this has for France's general 5G deployment strategy? Well, there's been a charter. This has been existing since 2003. So it's not new. They're just trying to update it uh, with regards to the new developments, the new uh, chances that 5G may offer. So, yeah, that's very promising for 5G in Paris because it is the one condition to enable um, the start of the deployment of 5G network in Paris. So this new charter will be reviewed by the Council of Paris in the beginning of March. And soon after, well, the network should be launched. Great. And of course, going back a couple of months last year, um, in October, France completed its spectrum auctions for the 3.4 to 3.8 gigahertz band after some months of delays. Uh, In your opinion, how much is there a sense of urgency with the 5G rollout in France generally? There is some sense of urgency because we've been talking about it a lot and most of the infrastructures were ready as well. As of today, there is about 10,000 5G phone mats um, all over France. So the demand was there, really. And I think many, many of the French fintech was relying on it, too. So, yeah, although it took some delay, now things are getting started again. Okay, great. And um, let's talk a bit more now about cybersecurity of 5G networks, particularly from a French perspective. Um, We have the news at the beginning of February that France's highest court ruled that the law introduced by the government on the security of 5G networks, dubbed the, of course, anti-Huawei law, is consistent with the constitution and therefore should be upheld. What can you tell us about this anti-Huawei law more generally? So basically, French operators, um, SFR and Brick Telecom, was 
trying to make this law unlawful by these constitutional courts on the basis that it was unfair to us and it was some sort of distortion of competition because they were arguing that this law uh, was actually favoring um, the infrastructures of Nokia and, and Ericsson and not Huawei because the ANSI could, from then on with this law, uh, could forbid or at least give limited um, authorization to infrastructures if they posed a threat uh, to national security. Uh, and I quote, if there were a risk of espionage, piracy and sabotage, if there is a serious risk of harm to the interest of defense and national security, unquote. Um, so yeah, basically the director of this regulatory body said that Huawei wouldn't be banned per se, uh, but they would only give give them like limited authorization, like three to eight years. What it meant, uh, what it means actually to the French operators that are arguing that in court is that they may and really likely have to replace uh, the infrastructure by then and is going to come at a really steep cost. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sounds like a similar approach um, to the United Kingdom and the stance that they've adopted with regards to high-risk vendors. Um, in terms of the government, um, what do you think the French Secretary of State, Cédric O, feels about the cybersecurity of next-generation networks? And are his sentiments um, paralleling with that of the National Agency for the Security of Information Systems or this body um, that we know as ANSI in, in France. He was really glad about it, actually. He actually tweeted just after this decision was made public that it was a good thing to better protect the interest, the strategical interests of France. So yeah, I think he's really happy about it. He's really aware of the consequences of, of this ruling. There's been a lot going on this past week on cybersecurity as a whole in France. Uh, so they're pretty familiar with this topic and very... Um, conscious, aware of the safety risks. Uh, you know, like a few of our hospitals have been um, hacked uh, this this week. And Macron just last week announced like a uh, one uh, billion thousand euros envelope for helping to create, to boost some sort of uh, cybersecurity ecosystem in France. And just to pick up one of the points you just made, uh, Mathieu, um, in terms of competition, so how much of an extent for the French is 5G um, about achieving a sense of European digital sovereignty? Because, of course, um, we have our own major telco providers in Europe, but so often we, we have to rely on the equipment and uh, various devices uh, emanating from outside of the European Union. So in terms of next generation telecommunications networks, how much does France want to make this an issue of European technological sovereignty? Digital sovereignty is what they're aiming for at the end of the day, because obviously there is this safety risk uh, that they're putting forward to justify such um, mistress of Huawei equipments. But there is also obviously the, the digital sovereignty side. And Emmanuel Macron, our president, is trying to really commit to the goal of being really sovereign when it comes to the tech industry. And this is funny, actually, because, for instance, like Microsoft was chosen to be to host our health data center, our health data hub in France. Uh, and it caused quite 
a controversy because obviously it really goes against these willing to be sovereign when it comes to technologies. And in terms of the timeline here, Matthew, realistically, um, what sort of dates are we looking at in terms of 5G services being made available for citizens all across France? It'll be available for most citizens in the months to come. It started being deployed uh, back in November now. Uh, in December, it was mostly increasing, uh, really increasing. And now we're seeing that most of the, of the France is covered. Obviously, the whole France is not fully, fully covered. But we can see that there are many, many masts everywhere in France, all across France. And big cities are next to, to, join, to join the movement with Paris uh, in the coming months and other big cities. But I know like Nice, for instance, in the south of France, one, one of the first cities to be equipped with 5G equipment and this network to be open to consumers. In terms of France's rural areas, um, what's the standard of connectivity across those parts of the country? Because we know that 5G technologies are going to be deployed first and foremost in major conurbations and cities. But what about the rural areas of France? I mean, it's important that we don't forget those um, parts of the country um, as part of this next generation telecommunications rollout, surely. Right. So I guess the point of 5G network is also to make it more available to more people, right? So it can reach um, further. Uh, so for now, I think there is still some uh, what we call um, white areas in, in French, uh, right, where networking is really bad. They're trying. They, they will be trying to improve um, to tackle this issue with five G networks. And in the meantime, they want to keep four G um, antennas as well, uh, and find the right balance uh, between this coverage and between the different um, wavelengths. And a big thank you to Mathieu Pollet for speaking with me recently on this issue. That's all we've got time for this time around. Please remember that online with us, you can get a comprehensive breakdown of all the tech stories in the EU politics and policy domain with my free digital brief newsletter. Sign up online today and don't forget to also subscribe to this podcast, as always, every week published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I've been Samuel Stolton and thank you for listening. 